this is Leslie Groff of Tensor, and this is Legal Tensor, casual conversations on noteworthy legal topics. Today, I'm very excited to speak with Professor Brian Landsberg about his experience as a civil rights attorney and his significant contribution in the Landmark Voting Rights Act. This is an important topic and one that we hope students will embrace as they move forward in making sure that we have civil rights for all. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to speak with you today. My pleasure. You know, a lot of our students were not around at the beginning of the civil rights era. So I'm wondering if you can frame the um, context of what the world was like or what America was like and why the Voting Rights Act was so important and talk a little bit about your contribution to it. I started work in the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department in 19, January of 1964. And at that time, the country was very, very segregated, I'd say, uh, both North and South. But in the South, it was an official racial caste system that was imposed by law. Uh, even though the law was unconstitutional, it was still being enforced. And uh, in 1964, African-Americans in the Deep South were being denied the right to vote. Uh, they were not able to get uh, good employment. They were banned from most public accommodations, hotels, restaurants, and it was uh, to society. It was, it was basically like an apartheid society in the Deep South imposed by law. And uh, so when I started with the Civil Rights Division, the, the focus of the division's work was on voting rights. And I spent uh, most of my time going down to Alabama, talking to African-Americans who had tried to register to vote, who had been denied the right to vote, and uh, then working on lawsuits to try to secure the right to vote for them. And eventually, uh, those lawsuits were very painful because it took an enormous amount of resources, attorney time, to bring one suit in one little county. And even if you won the case in that county, it didn't mean that that you had necessarily secured the right to vote because the registrars would find new ways to to deny the right. And so we had to keep going back. Uh, a very good example is Selma, uh, the Dallas County, which is uh, Selma is the county seat of Dallas County. Uh, the, the Civil Rights Division proved that that the registrars had had discriminated, but the trial court didn't want to issue a strong relief, which had to appeal. Then uh, we win the appeal, and then the registrars came up with different techniques of basically slowdown and only meeting twice a month. Uh, so long lines of African-Americans trying to register very few of them would get in to fill out the form. So I'd have to go back to, to court again. Hmm. So that was, that's sort of what, and, and to exacerbate it, uh, there was very brutal law enforcement uh, to back up the discrimination. Uh, in, in Selma, Sheriff Jim Clark was, was famous for uh, his brutality against people who were trying to register to vote. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it's not, you know, it, it 
I know that students and people listening know that we have issues with voting and, and um, you know, we hear on the news all the time about disenfranchisement of our, our people, but going back then it was much more chaotic, so to speak, and much more dangerous. Um, you know, I think about kind of the, I, I don't know if they involved the voting rights, but the civil rights workers who were murdered in Mississippi, James Cheney, Michael Schwimmer, and Andrew Goodman, that was about around that time too. They were there as part of the uh, voting rights project of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee uh, led by Bob Moses and John Lewis. And Bob Moses came up with the idea of bringing white people from the from the north to come down and help educate people in Mississippi about how to register to vote. And so Schwerner and Goodman had come down and Cheney was a local African-American and together they were uh, going to Philadelphia, Mississippi to encourage people to register to vote. So yes, yes. it was very much connected with the right to vote. And again, uh, in Selma as well, there were deaths uh, connected with the famous uh, Selma to Montgomery March. Uh, Viola Liuzzo, a, a housewife from Detroit, and Reverend James Reeb were both killed uh, in connection with the Selma to Montgomery March, which which was a voting rights march. So and then so it was very violent and very dangerous in a way that I don't, I don't know that it's, it's still dangerous, but I don't know what it said violent. So can you just tell me a little bit about what you personally experienced, how you came to do this and what exactly um, you were fighting? Yeah, we know what you're fighting for, but, but how you use your legal education for change. Um, well, yes, I was, when I was in law school, the, law, the Department of Justice has a, an honors program and they interviewed me for a job and I, I put the Civil Rights Division down as my first choice. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get an offer and uh, I delayed it for a year to, to go study abroad, but then I found, well, then, then I was hired and, and I started, started work in January, 1964. And I was put to work almost immediately analyzing voter registration records I still have in my and looking at FBI reports about the activities of, of Sheriff Clark and in, in Selma uh, and I worked on uh, cases as a junior lawyer I got a very I would say back then we didn't have as much practical education as law students today had I think and, yeah. yeah you just went uh, to school and sat in a classroom for three years right so it was a real, so, uh, you know, I had a good education on how to analyze cases, mm -hmm. uh, but my, but I didn't have as good an education on how to prove a case. My, my the very first case I worked on were, were, that went to trial, I was a junior lawyer and it, it was a voting rights case in Elmore County, Alabama. And I was assigned the task of proving uh, race identification, because in order to prove discrimination, you had to prove who the white applicants to register were and who the black applicants to register were, and then show how they were treated differently. Hmm. And uh, so I did figure all that out. And uh, the day of trial, I 
gave the information to the trial lawyer and he said to me, how are you going to prove it? Wow. And, wow. Well, I had never thought about how I was going to prove it because we didn't talk about stuff like that in law school. I think so. I think today's law students are advantaged in a way that uh, we weren't. Of course, the experienced trial lawyer figured out how to prove it. But um, yeah, but but I want to, you know, you point out something like that I don't think current law students know that we didn't even have clinics back then. I mean, oh. we didn't have any kind of trial ad back then. You you basically it was like your first year of law school for three years. You know, you sat through evidence and you sat through you know conflicts of law and civil criminal procedure and what have you. So that's interesting. I, and I'm glad to hear that you think it's better now because there's a lot of people who are old school to think <laughs> you still just sit in the classroom. No, I, I I do think it's better now. And I also, of course, when I went to law school, there were no classes on uh, civil rights law. There was no mm -hmm. anti-discrimination law class or fair employment law. Of course, there was no fair employment law, so you couldn't have a class on it, I guess. Uh, but today, today, I still... I'm a professor emeritus now, but I'm still teaching one class on, uh, it's called Voting Rights Then and Now. And so we talk about the cases, uh, many of which I worked on uh, from the 1960s and 70s. And then we talk about what the current state of the law is and what what lawyers or civil rights lawyers are doing today. So, but, but that's what interests me, um, because, well, it all interests me, so let's be fair, it's all very interesting, but, you know, on the news and in the papers and what we read is, especially like in the South, Georgia, for one, is how difficult the legislatures, state legislatures are making it for people to vote, right? We're not allowing absentee ballots in many states, they're not allowing, you know, um, drop boxes in many states, those kinds of things. So when you teach students what do you what do you say? Because I will have to assume we are a little bit better off than uh, six. We're much better off. I mean, but I would say that, uh, you know, many uh, civil rights lawyers uh, and organizations feel as though in the 1960s was the beginning of a second reconstruction and uh, uh, sort of a revival of of civil rights there, there had been a first reconstruction that where african americans did have rights and they were taken away in the in the 1890s uh, or starting in 18 late 1870s and so there's a there's fear that the what the so-called second reconstruction is coming to an end because of supreme court decisions on that important provisions of the voting rights act and uh, so we actually taught those cases last night, and we will talk to our class next week about what state legislatures are doing currently and what tools remain. Um, yeah. And what tools do remain? What, what, what can people do? What can students do? Well, you know, there, there's still civil rights laws on the books. Uh, it's, it is unlawful to discriminate based on race. Uh, in the, denying the right to vote or if, abridging the right to vote. Uh, and so, but the proof has been rendered more difficult in these cases, but uh, not impossible. And I think, you know, there's need there on two fronts, I guess. One is, you know, there have been legislative efforts to re revive the Voting Rights Act 
and that's one front but the other front is in the in the courts and so we talk about uh, and there are organizations that are still the still active in trying to secure the right to vote protect the right to vote uh the lawyers committee for civil rights the naacp the the brennan center at, at columbia university other maldef so I, I don't want to say it's hopeless, but it's, my, it's been made much more difficult. In a way, what, what has happened is that we are returned to the state of the law as it was when I first began practicing, which is you gotta, you gotta go case by case and prove up and, and prove up a case doing the very difficult work of developing evidence uh, that we were doing back in 1964. Hmm. Hmm. So it seems to me like you have two problems, a problem of proof and a problem of enforcement, right? So proof is more difficult because sounds like from what you're saying, legislatures are more creative than what constitutes a violation. So you have to show it's a violation. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes. And I should have mentioned the other place, of course, is the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department is is still very active, uh, and it's much larger. When I went there, there were uh, less than fifty lawyers. Mm -hmm. Now it's uh, it's a very large uh, group of lawyers, and it's got a dynamic uh, Assistant Attorney General, Kristen Clark, uh, who formerly headed the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, and um, so. If you have a chance to get a to get a job with the civil rights division uh, the voting section there is still active in trying to protect the right to vote that's that's actually a great idea for a place to um find employment right that and they have i think they have internships too or, or summer programs so. yeah um you were really a part of an important part of history like you were right in there it must have been really thrilling did you realize you were making that much of a difference in the world? Or I don't know what I knew. You know, I was a kid. <laughs> well, you know, I was the age of uh, law students today, I guess. And mm -hmm. uh, I certainly was conscious of, the, of how bad things were and of the need to make things better. You know, I was in Selma the day of the, the Selma Montgomery March. I didn't didn't realize what was going to happen. Hmm. Wow. Uh, it was so, uh, I would say it was all so dramatic that in a way I didn't have time to think about the place in history because there was a lot to do right then. I've tried to capture some of that in, in some of my writing. I have a book about voting rights called Free at Last to Vote that describes some of the cases and some of the work, sort of the lawyering work. And then I have another book about uh, school desegregation because, this, you know, in 1963, George Wallace became governor. He said segregation today, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. Mm -hmm. And then six months later was the first desegregation in Alabama. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that led to some very significant litigation. Um, and your book, Free at Last, is actually, wait, Free at Last to Vote, it's called, and it is still available yes. on Amazon because I saw it. So, um, and I'm looking forward to reading it. So, um, 
So the march took place, I believe, in March. Like the 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 Selma march happened in March, the month of March. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. So did you just take off from school? Did they have a bus go down? Was it spring break? I mean, because you were in school when that happened. I no, no, no. I was, I was a lawyer okay. by then. I was okay, already okay. a lawyer. My mistake. I was, just... I was there. At, I was. So it the it, interestingly, the courthouse, the federal courthouse in Selma is right across the street from the, from the county courthouse. The county mm-hmm. courthouse is where re- registration took place. Mm-hmm. And so there was a United States Attorney's Office on the second floor of the federal courthouse. The, and from the windows of that, you could look out at the county courthouse. And I I did my work in, in that office. And mm-hmm. I could see the uh, people wind up trying to register to vote. I could see Sheriff Clark brutalizing them. I could ask the FBI to go investigate particular wow. things that I saw. So yeah, it was it was a it was a fraught time. That's crazy. But you know, I think the the it's important to defend voting rights, but I think you raise an even bigger issue, which is, you know, when we have natural disasters, when we have problems with civil rights. It's important for law students to use their skill set while still in law school and get some real world practical experience. So as important as I think clinics and I think clinics are very important and I know a lot of students are doing externships, if you can avail yourself of while you're in law school actually making a difference, not only will you make a difference, but you'll have experience that you're not going to get while you're in law school, you know, in, in the learning experience of law school, I should say. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, it took me <laughs> took me some time to kind of figure out the lawyering part of being a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand. I, you know, anyway, I, I get that because it's certainly I agree with that. I didn't you know, I, I graduated a long time ago, too, and they did not teach me how to be a lawyer. They taught me how to make a legal argument. Exactly. And that's what I try to tell my one else too, is like, you're here to make a legal argument in the first year. So anyway, um, well, I really thank you so much for taking the time. I think it's really important that you shared your story with us because it's a story that is important to history. It's important to today. And the lesson to be learned is that the work is not done yet. It was started 60 years ago or more, and we still have to fight today. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, Leslie. I agree. And uh, I, I'd like that that word to get out. Thank you. Well, it certainly will. Thank you so much. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or a professor or attorney with whom you'd like me to speak, send us an email at legaltensor at westacademic.com and send us any suggestions you may have. We love getting feedback. Have a great day.